0: Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023. I am John Podhoritz, the editor of Commentary Magazine with me. As always, Executive Editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. Media Commentary Columnist, American Enterprise Institute Fellow, Christine Rosen. Hi, Christine. Hi, John. And Associate Editor and Author of The Rise of the New Puritans, Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. We have a lot of little uh, topics, not little topics, but little, you know, little bits of uh, things to take up. Uh, Joe Biden uh, came out yesterday and said uh, everything relating to the documents problem. There's no there there. He's just doing what his lawyers recommend. And uh, everybody can just uh, stuff it. Basically, he didn't say everybody could just stuff it. But that's the implication of what he is saying. And I got to say that. um Of all the lines that he should take, I think politically this is the right line. He's saying, I didn't do anything, and the documents aren't troublesome, and that's what my lawyers are telling me, and I'm sticking with it. And if you're him and you've been dealt this hand, I don't know where else you go except where he's gone here, which is to say, in the absence of evidence that there were serious violations – of national security in these documents, I didn't do I didn't do much wrong. And I I didn't even do this. I didn't put the envelope documents in the envelope. I didn't bring them to Wilmington. So what do you guys I, think? I,
1: I I, told, I I mean, perhaps you're right from a kind of Machiavellian political standpoint, that's the only line he can take to kind of as a self-protective measure. I think it shows terrible leadership. It shows terrible. Um, uh, it, it, it's very cynical. And here's why. He can't have these these things both ways. Right. So if it's no big deal, he's going to oh, he's going to blame his staff. I haven't been told I breached any national security issues. It's really no big deal it is a big deal because democrats have made it a big deal when it with regard to trump and he is and Biden is not being forthcoming or transparent about who might have had access to those documents. We're, we're getting little trickles of information about who had access to the garage and the Corvette. And you know all these efforts that he tries to make to sort of downplay it, while politically astute, are actually, I think, make him look like a poor leader. And if you're going to have an administration that's constantly contrasting itself with the kind of chaotic Republican Party and its lack of moral compass, then you yourself actually have to be more consistent. And he's not doing that. And there, it does seem like two things are happening. Uh, the double standard charge about how how the media and and the Justice Department is treating his case versus Trump is one thing. Um, and obviously, they're going to get that worked out. But there really is a, a double standard in terms of how serious we should take these. And the average American who behaved like either Biden or Trump did with secure, even a single secure document would be prosecuted pretty swiftly and likely get in a lot more trouble than these guys are claiming they should be in. So it does seem like the elite powerful people are playing by a different set of rules in both cases, Trump and Biden. But Biden is supposed to be the person who says, you elected me to not be that guy. When I have all the power, I need to be held responsible. And he's not talking like that guy.
2: I agree with Christine for two reasons. One, sounding lawyerly and evasive, while protects yourself, indemnifies yourself, perhaps from the potential prosecution. Reminds everybody that you're Subject to potential prosecution because you're talking like you're a suspect in a criminal case. Two, also reminds everybody that he's a doddering fool on the the back end of the of the you know 18 holes of life. Um he's been in government for 50 years. There's no excuse for this kind of sloppiness. Um Maybe his he could throw his staffers under the bus if he was so inclined, but he can't because he's talking like a lawyer subject to somebody who's under prosecution is going to be prosecuted. So it just reminds everybody, even even if you don't remember any of that stuff, even if you don't remember the 2020 campaign, the promises that were made, the the, the distinctions between the Trump case and the Biden case. Just looking at Joe Biden alone, isolating these statements, it reminds you that this guy's just non-compass mentis.
3: Uh we have a 50-50 split here because i had the same response that john had when i saw it um i i think it's it's kind of the only thing he could say and it has the benefit tactically of being true in the sense that i think whatever he did and i agree that that if he were an ordinary person he'd be in a whole hell of a lot of legal trouble for doing it was Probably just a matter of sloppiness. I don't think he was hoarding documents to use. I mean, I'm guessing, but I don't think he was hoarding documents to use in some nefarious secret way. And the the best thing, the only thing he could do now is to say, "Yeah, you know, we made some mistakes." Just pour some cold water on it, and say, "There's, there's, there's, there's no drama here."
1: Then he has to answer this important question: Why, how, and why were the documents discovered in the first place? And why was that not why weren't they not transparent about it? Because someone went looking through those boxes for a reason, a lawyer, a personal lawyer of Joe Biden or someone. I mean, the, the, the most likely explanation is that they were worried about these upcoming GOP investigations into his what what happened when he was vice president. Totally legitimate reason. But I think the American people could give him more of a benefit of the doubt if he said, you know what, we're worried about these crazy people in Congress. They have the they have this, you know, vendetta against the Biden family. So, you know, we wanted to make sure we were thorough about what we're if we're, if we're called for evidence. And then along the way, we found this sloppy thing. And oh, forgive us, we're cooperating. But he hasn't answered that initial question. And so that leads to a lot of speculation. But but some of it wild
3: but has it been asked i mean he only has to answer it if, if someone asks him
1: well the press has been asking a lot of questions and and the press secretary the white house press secretary has basically been lying to their faces for well, weeks right so this was <laughs> just this her job was the first, granted
0: this is the first time in a week that he faced he personally faced any press question right
1: he's been walking away and he has he <laughs> doesn't hold press conferences so there's no opportunity there
0: I I am looking at this simply from the perspective of damage control, not what was good or bad. And I think that you, you have to say, okay, what's the least worst option here if you're Biden and you are being cynical and trying to save yourself politically or, or, or mitigate the damage. And I think that um, saying, uh, I was sloppy, I was not careful with uh, national security secrets, my bad is not good damage control for him. What he can say is, I didn't know what was in those. Let's assume, there are two things, one of which, if the documents are really bad, like in the worst scenario would be, right, that they somehow involve something relating to Hunter or something, you know, like he was spiriting out,
1: well, and this documents. is all voluntarily given. Like, no one's, ra- like, there has been no, no, no one has served him with a warrant and, and looked through what's actually there. This has all been voluntarily what they've turned over. So, right.
0: But then, but then the Justice Department special prosecutor will know what those documents were. If they're, if they're bad and they implicate him personally, then there isn't much damage control he can do whatsoever. Right. I mean, if he took them because they involve him or his son or whatever it is, then then. But
1: that's why it's I think I think what I I agree with you in the short term, this is all he can say. And that's why he generally avoids having anyone say anything about it. But long term, that's a that's a damaging strategy for him. More damaging than saying, I don't really know, but here's what we're going to go go forward doing, trying to abide by the law. Now we don't even know why these ended up here, but I take responsibility because, as as Noah says, this guy's been in government his whole life. It's really it's really not an excuse that I think anyone's going to buy. As like, it's not an oopsie daisy here. It's just not, and he's Jesus trying to make it, not, it an oopsie daisy. Well, I don't know. It might be. But he's still responsible. He's still ultimately responsible, even if it is an oopsie-daisy on the part of his staff. He has to take responsibility for that because that's what they're demanding everybody else in government do when they accidentally take something home.
2: I think the simplest explanation for Trump and Biden is that it's an oopsie-daisy. It's the
0: cover-up that's worse than the crime. Right. But so, so let's talk about the cover-up. So the New York Times has, as we call it, a TikTok- on the 60 days uh, that uh, span the difference between when the documents were found and when it all went public. And here is what the Times says. The handful of advisors who were sick, because that should be was, because handful is single, the handful of advisors who were aware of the initial discovery on November 2nd, six days before the midterm elections, gambled that without going public, they could convince the Justice Department that the matter was little more than a minor good faith mistake. Unlike... President Donald J. Trump's hoarding of documents at his Florida estate. In fact, the Biden strategy was profoundly influenced by the Trump case, in which the former president refused to turn over all the classified documents he had taken, even after being subpoenaed. The goal for the Biden team, according to people familiar with the internal deliberations who spoke on condition of anonymity, was to win the trust of Justice Department investigators and demonstrate that the president and his team were cooperating fully. In other words, they would head off any serious legal repercussions by doing exactly the opposite of what the Biden lawyers had seen the Trump legal team do. In the short term, at least, the bet seems to have backfired. Mr. Biden's silence while cooperating with investigators did not forestall the appointment of a special counsel, as his aides had hoped, but still resulted in a public uproar. Okay, now... What does this remind me of? It reminds me of Jared Kushner telling Trump that there would be no problem with Trump firing Comey because Democrats didn't like Comey because they didn't like how he handled Hillary. Maybe the single dumbest political advice that has ever been given to anybody ever in the history of political advice, and this act of trying to interpret what the justice department is going to do with the assumption somehow or that you know with the assumption somehow that um people are on your side and are going to give you a solid um is really a fool's errand and what they thought was well everybody knows trump is evil <clears throat> so they're going to continue <clears throat> since we're not doing it the way trump did it then everything's going to be fine. Except the problem is that inadvertently, perhaps they did do it the way Trump did it, which is they turned over these documents in November.
1: And then in the middle of December, it turned out, there were more documents. But there, but there's a step you're missing here that I think does make it seem like there are different standards for Trump versus Biden. And that's that the Biden administration meets with the Department of Justice and they decide, I don't know what, is this a handshake agreement? That FBI agents aren't going to be present when personal lawyers for Joe Biden search the premises for, for documents, for further documents. That strikes me as the, the point that, again most Americans aren't going to get into the weeds on this, but that strikes me as weird. Why wouldn't, if they actually want to follow the letter of the law and not be Trump, they should involve the Justice Department, they should welcome the Justice Department standing there watching the lawyers go through documents, but they did not. They did not have FBI agents present. The personal lawyer, again, personal lawyers, not White House counsel, personal lawyers for Joe Biden are the only people who we can trust. And who are they putting first and foremost in their minds? Their client, as they should if they're good lawyers. Their client is Joe Biden. Not the American people.
2: I want to highlight something that Christine just said. Biden's personal lawyers are the only people we can trust. Imagine being as forsaken (laughs) as that.
0: Hey, who got to sit in on Hillary's depositions when they were investigating the email crisis with the FBI? Hillary's personal lawyers were allowed. Like, learn from your mistakes, Democrats. (laughs) In her, but it's not a mistake. I mean, Well, that, not personally is, for Joe Biden, mistake. but
1: right. in the okay. near term. I think this will have a long-term consequence for him that they're not gaming out. They need to play the tape forward a little bit here. I, I just don't know. I think the long-term
0: consequences really depends on how bad the documents are. I think if the documents aren't bad, assuming we have all true, the
1: documents, right. so how do we know we have we have the voluntarily submitted documents? Right. We do right. not have a raid. Where well, the now there's people... a
0: well, now there's or a, a, a special prosecutor and the special prosecutor will have subpoena power yes. and will be able to do things but there's that, been
1: a lot of time and, that's passed yeah. and boy isn't it a shame when documents are destroyed yeah. or go missing i mean that that's this i'm I'm articulating what could be a totally reasonable suspicion i'm not saying i agree with that but this right. is how conspiracy theories catch catch uh, uh flame here but it, i mean well, it's just it's sketchy it looks sketchy
0: look the only other thing that he can say which then throws the fantasy of destroying Trump simply through this classified documents matter, you know, uh, out, out entirely is to say, yeah, I was sloppy. Trump was sloppy. Probably Obama has some, Clinton certainly had some documents like, you know, I'm sorry. And then he could pardon some of the people who were, (laughs) who were convicted of mishandling classified information. And the real danger here, which we haven't even gotten to is if you establish the precedent that it's okay for the president of the United States or the vice president of the United States to mishandle classified information, there will not be a successful prosecution of people who mishandle classified information ever That's right. again. That's every right. Lawyer, anyone who is charged will go and say, you cannot, Arrest, you cannot send my GS 15 CIA analyst to jail. He did nothing that the president of the United States did not do. And I do not know how any jury in America, if it even gets to a jury and a judge doesn't dismiss it, you know, uh, summarily dismiss the case, would ever convict someone on that basis. And then we have a massive national security crisis. Well, and
1: to national, to the national security point, we need to also uh, add on that he, the personal lawyers of Joe Biden do not have security clearance. So trusting the, again, trusting them to go through what's there and know what is, you know, I, I, I just, again, I think there there needs to be some sort of objective arbiter of what, of going through those papers. And as you say, maybe the special prosecutor will do that, but the setup from the beginning has been, dis, has been qualitatively different from the the setup with Trump in the same way that Trump's behavior has been qualitatively different than Biden's that that that's definitely noted but i i just i don't trust this process given how it's played out so far and given the really sketchy behavior and the dissembling and the delay of notification all that stuff look it looks bad even if it wasn't intended to be a cover up on the part of the Biden administration i mean
0: yeah so <clears throat> in a different in like a the in in a west wing tv show scenario Jed Bartlett comes out and says, I'm sorry, documents were mishandled. Yes, my rival also mishandled documents. We're going to call it even and let it go. And that's how Aaron Sorkin would resolve this problem. But in November, two different things. One is it was six days before the election. And uh, the second thing is, People really thought that this was the end of Trump. And maybe they still do. I don't know. It now really isn't the end of Trump, even if he's indicted. It really isn't, because the question will be okay, Trump's been indicted. What happens to Biden now?
1: Well, and and that's why that
0: isn't indicted and Trump is indicted. Then Trump has a race to run in 2024. Which he says the deep state is real. The entire establishment is lined up against me personally. Wants to use all of the powers of the of the law enforcement system in the United States against me to prevent me. While they are turning a blind eye to the president of the United States and his crack addict son. And da. Well, and, and, the, and that's and... real.
1: <laughs> yes, but but Biden, look, Biden's, Biden's uh, record here is also not good, saying, oh, there's no there there, poo-pooing this idea that... Uh he has he looked at the documents we don't know he just says there's no there there this is the same guy who said it was russian disinformation plotting that led to the story about his own son's laptop which turned out to be real not russian disinformation so he has a tendency when cornered and perhaps possibly you know his finger in the honeypot to to lie i mean like any politician like any human being might but the defensiveness the instant there's no there there that's condescending people have legitimate questions the press has legitimate questions they are not answering those questions so to poo poo them as like oh, it's, there's there's no they're there that's the wrong tone to strike in my opinion i agree with you that politically he might have no other out but that that tone the tone of that i know i'm tone policing but he you know you get to tone police the president he's the president so i i feel like that's not the right approach at this particular moment of the investigation
0: i i wish you were right let me just put it that way i wish i mean i'm on my sir, high
1: horse here I'll well I, I just can't think of another have you no
0: decency sir at long last no price. i know
1: no you guys are yeah. abe okay. and, and john you're totally right about from a political standpoint right. it's it's just deeply cynical and, and really makes me unhappy but there it is <laughs> no it's sickening
3: and look and he also he he can't call this uh sorkin-esque truce also because of the the precedent issue john that you bring up i mean if you say, "Well, okay, we'll strike it from your record and from mine,"
1: my um, bad. <laughs> then,
3: then that that's that's the end of prosecuting. Well, that's this also going a banana,
0: that's also total banana Republicanism. Like he's sure. not the person who makes a decision about whether or not we call it even. That's why I said it's a West Wing fantasy. You know, it's like that's not the way the world works, and he doesn't get the right to do that and it and talk about like creating the conditions for. But it is the way the world
2: works. (laughs) I mean, what was James Comey's speech but a Sorkin-esque fantasy? He did it, but we're not going to we're not going to prosecute because that would be bad for the plot.
0: (laughs) Well, and then he screwed up because there was a third act twist on October twenty eighth, twenty twenty, right? Because because Hillary Clinton didn't uh, you know Hillary Clinton decided to have the uh, have a. uh, and a FIBA files husband on her staff and not jettison her just in time for that husband to be have access to her laptop. That was really good. You know, every time anybody says the results of the 2016 election were unfair, it, it is worth remembering that Hillary Clinton destroyed herself by keeping Huma Abedin as her as her chief aide when her whom it was married to a man who had just gone to jail for for texting with a 15 year old and came out of jail and was still married to him and you know i mean and then started doing it again like simple damage control 101 is i love you i'm sorry I'll get you a job with, you know, some think tank or, you know, some hedge fund, but you can't work for me anymore because you're you're just too close to the flame. Um, That was also part and parcel of the way in which certain type of liberal elite Democrat thinks that they are above the law or they're above the, you know, they're above the kind of reckoning that 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 represented. You know, who have been not working for Clinton anymore? She is likely president of the United States. That was her decision, her personal way of going about things, her assumption that somehow these classic damage control rules did not apply to her. But I think in the case of da- and, and Biden here, um, you're right, Christine, that there's a weird disjunction here, which is that he's got lawyers who don't have security clearance. Let's assume that they did what they said they did, which is they saw markings and then they didn't look. They opened the envelope, they saw markings, they shoved stuff back in the envelope and they called the archives, okay? First of all, I-
1: Yeah, I watched Better Call Saul. That's not what the lawyers did. Okay, (laughs) let's say they did that, right?
0: Who in Biden world knows what was in those documents? So no one in Biden world, because the documents were given to the National Archives, no one knows what was in those documents, his lawyers don't know because they couldn't look. His lawyers don't know what was in Wilmington in the garage or in the house because they couldn't look. They're the only ones who are looking until the, you know, some people at the archives must know who have security clearance since they were sent to the archives. And the prosecutors are going to know. So when when Biden says, my lawyers tell me there's no there there, how does he know?
1: No, he's contradicting. The lawyers him, so, yeah, can't even exactly. be told.
0: <laughs> what the documents are—that's
1: why it's that condescending. would be a
0: violation of national security. If the, like they, the lawyers called up the national archive person and said, "Do me a solid. Tell me, you know, are we in the clear?" How would the person at the national archives be allowed to tell them that?
1: They wouldn't if they didn't have security. If the lawyers didn't have security clearance, I mean, that's where that's why the oh, there's no there there. Like just tr- that he what he's saying is just trust me. I can't trust him because he's lied. You know, he lies through his teeth. He he, he makes up things about his own you know, private life, about his his history, his grades. The guy is a habitual liar. We know right. this. We still elected him president. But that's why I don't, I think he's really got to back up those statements with some sort of evidence if he's going to make us trust him or ask I, us to trust him.
3: I have to confess, Christine has convinced me, has reminded me to be more skeptical than I than I had been of of Biden's motivations here. I still don't think he could have said anything else.
2: Look I Even think that phrase there's no there there has been appropriated as a Gertrude Stein quote but has been appropriated by the political class since the 90s that is just reflective of kind of lying well it's it's like a what's the definition of is is it's the, reminds you of a of a time when the political class was ensorcelled by the capacity of politicians to um mislead cleverly
0: you know, I, I think <clears throat> we're, none of us is in disagreement about the seriousness of this matter. And as I say, like the long-term thing that we haven't even really totally reckoned with, as I say, is uh, there is, in the wake of this, if it goes the way I think it may go, there is likely no more uh, way to secure classified information in the United States from the employees of the national security state. There is, how do you discipline them and keep them from treating the secrets of the United States like their own personal, you know, not piggy bank is the wrong thing. Cause I'm not, cause I don't think people take them to sell them for the most part. And when you do that, that really is espionage and all of that. But to leak them or to help, you know, help to to, to change the terms of a policy debate or whatever, like the, the the that sort of thing. How do you how is it okay that uh uh Bradley Manning went to jail for exposing, you know, basically the Iraq national security secrets? You you can't. The president of the two pres successive presidents of the United States uh were not were not prosecuted under this scenario. For the mishandling of classified information, and I, I just I don't understand how we function in a
3: in a system where that is explicit. Look, I I, I think you're right, and I also think in the long term, the end of this road, wherever it ends, there's crisis, um, either of the kind you just described, or there's the unrest that would follow if uh, if uh, if Trump is is meets some sort of harsh penalty and Biden doesn't, um, if they both do, it's it's a different sort of crisis. Um, you know, the day to day is one thing but with, with, with the drama here, but when this wraps up, it's it is not going to be pretty one way or the other.
0: I think it is also important to note that when the Trump stuff surfaced. Um, when it surfaced, Trump went to the Gestapo raided my house and the Democrats went to, he has just committed a crime for which he should face the firing squad. Everybody went to the most extreme corners of the conversation and there was almost no conversation in the middle. Like uh, he took all these things because he liked them and he wanted them and he didn't think he thought it was his right to do it. And it's not. And maybe he should get a really serious slap on the wrist, but he didn't take them because he wanted to sell them to Russia or China. You people are all crazy. The guy is worth maybe less than he, than he claims to be worth, but he's worth many hundreds of millions of dollars. He doesn't have to sell anything to China or to Russia nor does he have to risk being exposed as a Russian agent in his late 70s he could just not run for office again or whatever like your scenarios don't make sense you're just a bunch of hysterical lunatics or you're trying to get do, do something about your declining ratings on cable or justify the monomaniacal madness with which you have pursued this argument that Trump was an agent of foreign powers for six or seven years, and none of that happened. Cooler heads have ne- ha- since twenty fifteen. Cooler heads have never prevailed in the in the discussion of Trump or Trump, what Trump's done or his malfeasance. It we are living in like grand opera melodramatic hysterics all the time, and to see these people then have to figure out how they can avoid using the same kind of incendiary rhetoric about Biden that they've used about Trump when Biden is literally accused of exactly the same thing with the only separation being that, uh, he, he did not agree to turn everything over that he said he was going to turn over,
1: which is bad,
0: but, But, you know, well, this is this is the this
1: is the Trump is his own worst enemy thing. You're totally right. But both Trump and Biden are displaying a species of political entitlement that people have have, I think are sick of. I just want to the exact quote from Biden in California yesterday when he was asked about the documents, which I think is the first time he's answered a question directly when the press asked him, he says, I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There is no there there what struck me about that the there's no there there is what got a lot of attention but the i have no regrets like what that's a weird thing to say it's just a weird and we know that he kind of involuntarily reveals stuff about himself in moments where he's a little defensive and cornered. he does he did this on the campaign trail with the what was the pony one the dog face pony soldier i mean he's weird but saying i have no regrets that's someone who's just been convicted of something that's what they say that's
2: what that's what you say when you're about to be charged
1: right i mean so weird you don't say you're <laughs> sorry,
2: because you did nothing wrong. Yeah, it just reminds everybody that he's in the dark. Like
1: Edith Piaf song. Like, what is he? Yeah, no, weird. President
0: Piaf, right there. <laughs> non rien de rien. No, I wanted to. I wanted to
1: lure John into singing. That's why. I sorry, said that. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: No, no, I was, no, that's I was a good going. Thing. I was going to Edith Piaf, and then you mentioned Edith <laughs> Piaf, which for which I for which I respect you deeply. Um, and I also respect Bowlin Branch, our our advertiser today. I respect them deeply, and I want to read the ad for Bowlin Branch as soon as I pull it up on my handy dandy computer here. Uh hello, Bowlin Branch. Where are you? I am sorry, everybody. No, you're going to want to edit this a little bit. Uh. I will. So stop talking.
2: To make my life harder when you don't have smooth okay.
0: transitions. Stay cozy all winter long with a set of buttery soft sheets from and Branch made with 100% organic cotton threads that get softer with every wash. Look, however you're spending the winter season, make sure you're getting your best sleep with a set of those buttery soft sheets from and Branch. They use the highest quality threads on earth. Sheets are made from slow grown organic cotton for a superior softness and a better night's sleep, buttery to the touch, super breathable. So they're perfect for both cooler and warmer months. They're loved by millions of sleepers. They're so luxurious. They've been loved by three U.S. residents. Over 10,000 rave reviews made without toxins, freed from pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. And they fit the deepest of mattresses from twin up to California king, 10 versatile colors. And they're labeled with top to bottom tags. So making your bed is easier than ever. Best of all, Bowling Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. So make the most of bedtime with Boland Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code commentary at com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com, promo code commentary. Uh, Noah, the tone and tenor of the discussion surrounding Ukraine and the West's, uh, the level of Western support for the effort in Ukraine to turn back um, the Russian uh, you know, horror, um took a, a distinctly darker tone this week, I think, um in in two forms. First, uh the new house, uh the House Armed Services Committee, um uh came out Mike M- Michael McCall of Texas, the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, issued a statement well to the hawkish right of the Biden administration on the need to provide support to Ukraine and criticizing the Biden administration for its tentativeness in providing the kind of assistance that the Ukrainians might need, which isn't just money, as it turns out, but a lot of it is know-how in terms of repairing some of the equipment that we have given them or loaned to them or whatever that needs to be fixed. And they don't know how to fix it. And we do. And apparently. Our our desperate efforts not to have any people involved in the war effort, you know, Americans involved in the war effort, has meant that we haven't been sending sufficient numbers of people who know how to fix the equipment. So that's one interesting aspect. The other is that a lot more money is being appropriated, a lot more equipment is going to be sent. But the third is that the Russians are, are apparently, intelligence tells us the Russians are readying a horrible onslaught to come in the spring
2: well okay um i'll i'll tell you what my perspective is because okay. it's a little different from that um i'm familiar with that and yeah the biden administration has uh what i think is a valuable um policy of not having american boots on a ukrainian soil uh so that's a complication you want to repair anything it's got to get to poland um And there's talk about the eternal return. We're in the middle of this, you know, agonizing debate over whether we send tanks, armored vehicles to Ukraine and Biden's dragging his feet and Germany's wants to send leopards, leopard tanks, but they're not going to do it unless it's timed simultaneously with an American decision along those lines, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm seeing is a tremendous influx of uh, equipment and weapons platforms into Ukraine over the course of this winter from not just the United States when the Biden administration is apparently readying another two point some odd billion dollar package of military aid to Ukraine it's coming from all the allies self-propelled artillery armored personnel carriers tracked and half-tracked vehicles tremendous influx more more than we've seen I think over in the entire course of the war on the Russian side they're engaged in a second round of mobilization so what does this tell you everybody's preparing for a spring of fighting season big spring fighting season, a major offensive. Um, and some of we've seen some of these Russian tactics, <clears throat> which, I mean, consist of to the extent that we're even privy to it. I've seen uh, infantry mounting full on assaults without any support, without air support, without armor support. They're just throwing men at trenches. It's not a good strategy. Um, the British uh, British military official I saw said, you know, one of the things we want to avoid is a trench warfare situation where we have a line of contact that settles into something that's really stable and that'll be the basically the facts on the ground around which we would have to negotiate it's a real threat and something we we should be aware of and concerned about but that also suggests that everybody else is on board with this idea because why else would you be introducing all this fast-moving armor and artillery into the battle space unless you're trying to avoid that kind of an, uh, of a situation which could materialize over the winter. you want to you want to break that up once the ground starts thawing up. Um, we had this news fed of the Biden administration, the New York Times, which I don't know you know how much uh, how much trust to put into it, but some indication that the Biden administration is softening up on this idea that well maybe we will support Ukraine if it engages in a real offensive to retake the Crimean Peninsula. And then there's a lot of folks on the right and the left, um, who are, there's this horseshoe effect, this a Trita Parsi in, in the New Republic warning about, oh, this is very dangerous for for the West. I mean, we've been having this dance for a year now, arguing amongst ourselves what we'll support, what we won't support, how much Ukraine can advance into uh, occupied areas of its own country, whether we should give it weapons platforms that could strike over over its borders into Russia where Russia's mobilizing. Um, and then we invariably negotiate ourselves out of our own position, it's kind of a it's a frustrating thing to have to witness so many times but the story that i'm seeing is pretty clear that both sides of this conflict are preparing for a big fight in the spring and russia's outgunned quite frankly they do not have these these platforms and these platforms have been incredibly effective and they're only they're only getting more we just had some Ukrainians introduced into the United States to train on Patriot missile batteries. Again, the Biden administration talked itself out of this idea because you couldn't have American boots on the ground. You need American boots to operate Patriot missile batteries. How can we figure this out? And then they figure it out. And it really wasn't that hard in the end of the day. Um, There's a lot of hemming and hawing uh, in the commentary space about what we should do, what we won't do, what Russia will do. But it doesn't align with what's going on on the ground.
0: On the ground, we're full speed ahead. Well, so I think the fear of the Russian advance is the classic 20th century fear is not the right word, but the classic presumption that what the Russians will do is throw bodies at Ukraine and in numbers that they have not done so as yet, and they will do it in a, a way different from the way they did it at the beginning of the war. But not uh, to re- tra- not to I'm sorry not to interrupt yeah. and, and maintain that thought. But this was precisely the same fear that we had in the first round of mobilization. Well, that's what I was going to say sorry. that they that they opted a strategy <clears throat> in which they fundamentally sent all these people down a single pipe in a single corridor and left their forces like sitting ducks they just it's sort of like come on in come on to the road to Kiev and then south and we'll just you know we'll just bomb the crap out of you like you know it, it, whereas you know if they have a long front and they want to just run across the border who knows I'm not I really I am not you know I, I've read a lot of stuff about military strategy and about how you fight battles and all this but that—that's the fear. The fear is that they will have learned something from what happened last in February and March, and that they will take, use a different strategy. That their 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 comparative advantage is numbers. They can basically take people off the streets of Russia, throw a jacket on them, and just make them, you know, run to be cannon fodder. And then at some point, the Ukrainians will run out of bullets and you know, tank shells, and then they'll just be over, overrun. That seems to be what people are fearful of. And it must not be a science fictional idea because clearly the Ukrainians and others are worried that the strategy might have some, some purchase. That's, that's all I'm saying. I do think it's interesting that the argument now, despite our concern that we were going to see a circumstance in which the Republicans were going to essentially start adopting an isolationist approach while the Democrats did whatever they were going to do, is that the, there is pressure coming on the Biden administration from the right to be tougher. I so don't I don't, that... I
2: don't, want to monopolize this, this conversation, but this is something I focus on quite frequently, And that <laughs> it's been underestimated that the degree to which more establishmentarian figures in the House GOP like Steve Scalise, who was quoted by the by Politico as saying, well, we want some oversight over this money, and, and interpreted by Politico as saying, he's against the money. But it's more likely that this was all just a smokescreen, rhetorical appeasement of the the small, relatively small, relative to the majority, of uh, faction within the Republican conference that really does want to see this the spigot turned totally off. And by giving them just a little bit of rhetorical comfort, they can keep keep
0: the flow of weapons and and aid open. Right. Um, In other news, uh, the Supreme Court released a report saying they can't identify who the person was who leaked uh, the Dobbs decision back in February. Um the only thing that occurred to me upon reading this was that um uh this was the perfect capper to one of the most hilarious paranoid psychotic theories of the first year of the trump administration which was that the marshal of the supreme court uh was going to arrest trump and uh and uh, for treason or something like that <clears throat> so this report, so I didn't even know that a marshal of the Supreme Court existed until this theory. Was, so this report was issued by the marshal of the Supreme Court, who apparently is so insanely incompetent that they can't find a single leaker. And apparently the way they did it was voluntarily have people swear that they didn't leak it. That seems to be, they had people and they they said, do you swear that you didn't leak the Yes, I didn't leak it.
1: Okay. Well, they, they made a decision, they made a conscious decision not to turn it into a criminal-like investigation by demanding that people, say, turn over their mobile devices so that they could be looked at. You know, they looked also, one one thing that was slightly reassuring, I guess, about all this, even though we still don't know what happened, uh, and we should remember, this led to an assassination attempt on a sitting Supreme Court justice So, that, and lots of protests in front of their homes. It was just like a real, real not a great moment for, for pluralistic society here, but they, uh, they they did determine that it wasn't some sort of external hack so that's reassuring like it wasn't like someone was hacking in and trying to find out decisions to create you know unrest um so the call was obviously coming from inside the house it also revealed that uh, and this actually is the least uh, obnoxious interpretation is that someone in because a lot of these clerks, for example, were working from home during COVID lockdown times. There was a lot of back and forth. Um, and most people, a lot of people doing work at home. Someone might have printed out a copy of something, brought it home, maybe chatted about it with a spouse or a partner. I mean, people are human beings. They make they make mistakes. And and there was revealed in the report that were in some of the news reports about the about the findings that um people didn't realize they weren't allowed to do that. And so they might've just made some human errors that led maybe an overzealous spouse to talk to someone in the news media or mention something to someone or to leak a document. So, I mean, these things happen, but it is not reassuring that, that I think this has this only deepens the wedge between uh, clerks and, and their justices because the justices need to trust their clerks. They also need to trust other justices' clerks to keep things in the building. And that actually, that trust once broken uh, because there is no revelation of, of who did this and why that remains, I think, kind of uneasily beneath the surface in terms going forward.
3: It's also I mean, this is example, nine million, nine thousand in the competency breakdown that we talk about all the time <clears throat> and in the death of institutions. I mean, I, <clears throat> I remember when the when the draft was first leaked, we were saying on this podcast Oh, they're going to find out who did it. There's there's no way. They're, this is a big deal. They're going to find out. Here we are, months later.
1: Did I, well, they so, might did I know. It's that? an
0: absurdity. It's an absolute absurdity. Know. The yeah. thing was leaked in February, right? They're saying, oh, we didn't make people turn over their phones. Why the hell not? What's the matter with you people? What is this, gentlemen? This is like Avril Harriman saying about, about why the State Department didn't investigate Alger Hiss that gentlemen do not read each other's mail alger hiss was a soviet agent gentlemen don't read each other's mail this is the supreme court we're not going to make you turn over your mobile phone Well, of course you got to turn over your mobile phone and you got to do it in the first 48 hours when the trail is hot this is like when we're almost a year beyond when the thing was leaked i think it's they just wanted to go away and if, if i just, were yeah. if i were alito and and you know whatever I would be or Brett Kavanaugh who was you know subject of this assassination attempt I, I would be in a towering rage over the slipshod amateurish horrifyingly I mean it's, it's almost like they didn't want to catch somebody but what was the last them... leak
2: hunt that succeeded I mean these Washington big high profile leak hunts
0: when did they, they ever succeed. turn up yeah. I can't think of. I can't think of. <laughs> I can
2: work. think of a couple. I can think of at least a handful that we've been, you know, tearing your hair out over, that come to nothing until somebody comes forward, or it becomes a criminal investigation. But right. these, you know, other otherwise, they're designed to fail.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, that's not right. If every clerk of the Supreme Court had been compelled to surrender their mobile phones for a forensic examination by the marshal of the supreme court i don't know maybe the marshal could have talked to somebody at clerks. politico how many clerks are there right Hold but on. they they chose how many are there 36 but this are there was an four inst- clerks for it clerks was like an office?
1: institutional decision not to yes. do that right like it's an internal investigation it's like an hr department looking at something with it unless it turns up something obviously criminal which would escalate things they didn't want it to get they didn't want to treat their clerks like potential perps. And that's a choice. I'm not saying I agree with that choice. i, yeah. I I'm with you, John. i, I I'm kind of yeah. annoyed that they haven't. I think someone knows something and just doesn't want it revealed. They must have made the calculation if they do know that it's just not worth the harassment of the institution, which itself is under siege, uh, you know, quite a bit uh, in terms of people threatening, you know, to pack the court and all that. It's stuff not just for them. I mean,
0: no, I agree. their their internal security. The idea that we need the Supreme Court to be um, an opaque and not transparent institution so that the justices don't come under political pressure from leaks of draft opinions is not just something that concerns the Supreme Court and the people who work at it. This is about the good working order of the government of the United States with the body that is that, that does judicial review. It's no joke. Like, this is a very serious matter. They need to be able to deliberate and not come under very specific political pressure over the course of their deliberations. Two centuries since Marbury versus Madison, this has not been a specific problem. I think this is only the second time in Supreme Court history that we have evidence that a draft opinion was leaked or that the decision was known months before the decision was. And obviously the purpose of the leak was to put them under this pressure or put John Roberts under this pressure or whatever. We don't really know. And we can't know because they didn't do a, they didn't find the leaker and it's not up to, they have failed. This investigation failed everybody didn't just fail, you know, Alito. And this is a failure. This is an institutional failure that will have ramifications, not all that different necessarily from the ones I'm talking about with the uh, national security and the leaking and the, you know, the purloining of classified information. Like this is a, this is the way that the court has worked for two centuries it is one of the few, despite what's gone on the last six months, one of the few institutions in the country that has maintained its reputation through thick and thin. And now it's just gonna be fine. Okay. You know, as long as you can figure out how to how to, you know, send something through your incognito browser and no one's gonna subpoena your phone. Go ahead. Send every decision. You know what? And there's you know, clerks don't make a lot of money. You have a lot of commercial decisions at the court makes uh you know why not trade on it who's gonna stop you why not sell to chevron the chevron decision so that chevron can figure out what to do before the decision is released and act in relative silence and readjust its priors like that's how dangerous this is because it's not just oh you know one decision involving abortion which you know They wanted to put political pressure on. The the court does things that are billions and billions and billions of trading dollars, investment dollars, all of that. If the court becomes porous, we're again taking these steps down the road to banana Republicville. How's that for crushing morosity at the end of the week? I ask you. I ask you now you can feel bad about the Supreme Court and about the classified documents, and you can be reminded of how bad Hillary was, and you can worry about the Russian advance in the spring. I think we've done our job here today. And so I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend, enjoys your football games, and we'll be back on Monday. So for Abe Christina No, I'm John Podhoritz. Keep the candle burning.